Welcome, everybody, to a special Broncos podcast. It is Free Agency at 5280 Sports Network. My name is Sean Drotar. With me is Jake Marsing. And, Jake, when we look at the Broncos as they stand today, this is the beginning of the new league year. Free agent signings were allowed, and they're ready to get going. The Denver Broncos were hoping to make a pretty big splash. To an extent, they did. Landing Ronald Leary, a guy that I think uh, maybe had been the best offensive lineman, regardless of position, tackle, guard, or center, in the free agency period available, coming in from the Cowboys line, which was the best in the league. But it turns out that was it. Not exactly what a lot of Broncos fans were hoping for. No, you're right, Sean. Absolutely. The the Broncos did their best to make a few other moves, and we'll talk about those a little bit later, and there may may certainly be some things uh, coming down the line. But the only move they make today is for Ronald Leary. They give him a uh, pretty excellent contract for a guy with – 47 games started in the NFL, going to make about $8.75 million over the course of what is a four-year deal. He becomes the fifth highest paid tackle uh, in the National, uh, excuse me, guard in the National Football League, fifth, fifth highest paid guard in the league. The deal comes with about $20 million in guaranteed money, $35 million total is what we think this deal is. And and the Broncos, uh, the Broncos get themselves a guard, but now the question is, what in the heck's going to go on a tackle? Um, because they, they made a couple of moves. They tried to make a couple of moves. They made an offer uh, to Russell Okung, who, of course, they turned down his option on earlier. They, they made him a, a low-dollar offer. He winds up signing a big-time, big-money contract with the Chargers. So he is gone from Denver. Right now, the only tackles really of note that the Broncos have on their roster are Ty Sambrilo and Donald Stevenson, two guys that I don't think most Broncos fans look at as uh, as uh, great options for them. I'm a little bit higher on tie than some are, but certainly the Broncos in a tough spot uh, along the offensive line as of right now because they weren't able to make a couple other moves that they wanted to make, only getting Leary. It was interesting to see them shake that out. The Leary signing makes a lot of sense. They, they will ostensibly, we'll see, but he's played left guard for the uh, for the Cowboys. So Max Garcia, who's played left and right, uh, theoretically moves to right, something that he doesn't really have an issue doing. Garcia's been pretty flexible. It means that Michael Schofield probably is no longer a guard. We've seen him at tackle uh, on both sides at times over the course of his career, and at no point has he looked particularly good there. He's been a little better as a guard than a tackle, but that's uh, kind of damning with faint praise there. He hasn't been particularly strong. But now when you look at the tackle situation, it kind of appears that the Broncos may have misread it because they let Russell Okung go as opposed to accept his option, which would have basically taken his 2017 and 2018 salaries and vested those at about $11.8 million. Obviously, the numbers exceeded that dramatically uh, for Okung when he finally hit the, uh, the free agent market, and the lineman factor really has exploded. The amount of money handed out was pretty remarkable. So when you look at the Broncos, uh, did they misread this? And I guess the question beyond that, what do they do at this point? What can they do? And, boy, it was the first day of free agency, but is this offense somewhat lost? There are no quality caliber starting tackles on this team. There really aren't very many in free agency. Uh, The Broncos going to be able to draft two immediate starters to tackle left and right? Well, they may have to draft at least one. Uh, You pick 20th in the draft, and they're – I think will be somebody there, whether it's Cam Robinson from Alabama, who we're actually going to put out a scouting report on at 5280 Sports Network later tonight. But Cam Robinson, Garrett Bulls, uh, Forrest Lamp, uh, Ryan Ramschek, there are options in the draft, certainly. But I think you're right, Sean. The Broncos 
may have just misread this market because when you look at the the thinking league-wide about what this tackle class looked like, most people that I talked to around the league thought that Russell O'Kong was actually the best tackle available, uh, not, not uh, Andrew Whitworth, not any of the other guys who were out there, but the Broncos decided not, not to pick up O'Kong's option. It was kind of a situation where they found themselves between a rock and a hard place where you know, you don't want to pick up Okung, certainly not for that money, and you're not real interested in picking him up, period, because you saw exactly what kind of play he put together last season. Uh, but you have to you have to improve somewhere along the offensive line. That was why I warned fans over and over again, I tried to be as clear as I could on this, that this was not a good year to have a bad offensive line. It's a bad tackle group in free agency, even with Okung, even with, with, with Whitworth, and now certainly now that all those top uh, tackles are, are for the most part off the board, there's really nothing else out there that you can say, yeah, that's a guy who could even potentially be a starter for us. So you have to look to the draft or a trade. And the Broncos, you know, we've talked a lot in the past. I know you've mentioned it. The Broncos have talked to the Browns about Joe Thomas before. Whether that's an option down the road, we'll see. I don't know how... Uh, how great a decision that would be for the Broncos. But, you know, if you're desperate, you're desperate. And right now at tackle, I, I can't help but say that the Broncos are looking pretty desperate. I, It's not a good draft class. It's a bad free agent class at this point. I think you're right. I think they may have simply misread the market by not just re-upping Russell Okung, who most people thought was the best tackle in this class. Yeah, he wasn't great for you last season, but you have you can only go with what's available to you at the time. And certainly a disappointing result for the Broncos at, at tackle right now. Okung, as opposed to the $11.8 million that the Broncos could have vested him for, receives an average annual value of $13.2 million uh, from the Chargers with a $25 million guarantee. The Broncos could have had him for cheaper than that. It appears that during the day, as free agency uh, tipped off, that the Broncos actually tried to retrieve Okung and tried to see if they could get him back. Uh, they clearly made a mistake there. But let's go to other positions. We understand that the line is, is of primary concern but on the defensive line that's another part of it too the Broncos were looking at defensive line help someone to put across from Derek Wolf the idea was maybe Calais Campbell a Denver South grad would be interested in returning back to town he sort of had a, a bit of a flirtation with the Broncos but then took a big deal to go to Jacksonville who spent a ton of money in free agency but even other alignment at Terrell McLean Stacey McGee Chris Baker a lot of the guys that the, the Broncos were even outside considering on the periphery these are guys that have now gone to other teams. The, the most interesting name I guess I see is Connor Barwin, who was released early in the morning today by the Eagles. But where do the Broncos go, or is this another spot, Jake, where maybe the bang for the buck isn't there and the Broncos need to actually find a different way around it as opposed to finding the solutions in free agency? You know, the one thing that they do have a benefit, that the Broncos can benefit from here a little bit, Sean, is I mentioned how bad the tackle class is in the, is in the draft this year. It's kind of the opposite on defense, both on the line and in other places on the defensive end. There's a there's a lot of good talent in the draft available to them. So if they wanted to go that direction, they could. But, you know, the Broncos thought that they were going to be out on Calais Campbell a few days ago because the number on him just kept getting higher and higher and higher and higher. And then eventually we hear last night that the Jacksonville Jaguars are, are essentially have a done deal with him. And when the Broncos... The Broncos actually, by the time we were hearing that, the Broncos were actually getting in on those negotiations right then, and that's why a little bit for a while this morning we thought, well, maybe there's a chance that Campbell might wind up in Denver after all. Broncos simply weren't able to pony up the kind of money that Campbell was able to get with Jacksonville, who 
the Jaguars are again just spending money like like uh, it, it grows on trees. But the guy that the Broncos also could have potentially looked at, you mentioned him, Chris Baker. He winds up signing with the Buccaneers on a, on a, a three-year deal with an average of 5-2-5. A good deal for him, a guy that I thought the Broncos uh, could look at, were talking to, might have might have made sense for them. But uh, I think if you're going to look at potential options for them down the road, the draft, I think, makes more sense for them at this point. Let's go uh, to where everyone is thinking about it for you and see the idea that Tony Romo might be able to join the Denver Broncos. The presumption was he would be cut over the course of the day. There was then the hints that the Cowboys may be trying to trade him. And who knows if that's a, a game pun not intended of Texas holding there trying to bluff either the, the Texans yeah. or the Broncos into making a deal. But the Texans then shook everything up by dealing Brock Osweiler to the Cleveland Browns, Cleveland making a very shrewd move with $100 million in cap space. They basically just took Osweiler's contract off of the Texans' hands in exchange for getting a second-round pick. So they essentially bought a second-round pick. But now the Browns have a lot of options to make some moves, perhaps picking up Jimmy Garoppolo, and they may not even keep Osweiler. Does this make the Texans a more likely landing spot for Romo than it was in the morning? Or do you think the Broncos are still the leaders in the clubhouse? Or, with all these changes, is there a third, fourth, fifth, sixth team that we haven't discussed? No, I still think it's primarily a two-horse race between the Broncos and the Texans. And to answer your question, I think this absolutely makes the Texans a much more likely landing spot for the Broncos. I had said earlier today that I thought it was about a 70% chance that the deal with the Broncos got done because you had Brock Osweiler and his contract standing in the way. That's no longer a problem for the Texans. And the Texans realistically don't have a quarterback that they're even interested in starting on their roster right now. It's clear, and, and there were some reports out of Houston earlier day and I, I talked with a source that I have in Houston and the, the Texans are going to make a push for Tony Romo now just like the Broncos they're not interested in Romo if they have to give up draft compensation or make a trade for him but they are certainly interested for him if they get him on the open market so Tony Romo is going to be I think available Jerry Jones is playing a little bit of a game like you said right now the only team that actually put out the trade storyline were the Cowboys both the Broncos and the Texans kind of shut that down, uh, essentially implying to me that the Broncos and Texans both aren't interested in trading for Romo and the, and the Cowboys are trying to stir something up. Like you said, Jerry's playing a little bit of a game here, but I absolutely think that it's a two-horse race and the Texans have put themselves in firm position by saying that, that by moving Brock Osweiler the way that they did. Talked to some people in Dallas over the last week or so, and Tony would like to stay in Texas if he can. He's got two kids. They live in Dallas. He's got a third on the way. This guy, that appeals to him, the idea of not having to, to move and not having to be away from his family is certainly appealing to him. And so if the Texans are going to make a serious run at him and Jerry Jones releases him, I think the Texans are in a really good position right now. And the thing that the Broncos have said over and over again they are not going to get into a big war over Tony Romo. They see Tony Romo as a luxury, not as a necessity. They This comes especially from the front office. The coaching staff certainly uh, has been primarily behind the push for Roma, but John Elway in the front office, he drafted a guy in the first round less than a year ago, and they kind of like to see him play at some point. They see Romo as a luxury, not a necessity. So they're not going to go into a bidding war with the Texans if that's what it comes to. In fact, if I had to make a, a bet right now, I'd say that the, the Texans may wind up being the favorites for 
uh, for Romo at this point. Well, that, that's an interesting spot because I think for Denver Broncos fans, this has been a very disappointing start to free agency. When you look at these scenarios that are all available for the Broncos now, you look at offensive line, you look at defensive line, you look at the quarterback position. Now at this stage, uh, who knows where you go? I mean, the bright side is they landed Ronald Leary, 27 years old, allowed no sacks last year from the left guard position. That's a big deal. But the Broncos now almost appears in, in a, unless they make a dramatic change and go after maybe somebody we didn't expect, like a, a Martellus Bennett or, or something like that. Is there anywhere that they're going to make a splash in free agency that you can even envision at this point? I mean, you never know. John Elway is fully capable of doing crazy things and, and, and working these deals. But right now, it's all silent. It's silent on the Western Front out at Dove Valley. There's nothing going on except kind of this Tony Romo question hanging over everybody's heads. And the Broncos have said today that uh, they haven't actually all sat down and talked about Romo. They, they, haven't, uh, they haven't had that conversation as, a, as an organization. Uh, which I don't know, you, you know, you can take that one way or another, whether you believe that's entirely true or not, but that's what the Broncos have said. So I don't, I don't know, Sean. I, I think that things may just wind up being quiet right now. I'm sure that the Broncos will make additional moves in free agency. There will be more names that we'll hear come out. But as of right now, it's pretty quiet uh, for the Broncos because just about everybody in that first wave of free agency has already snapped up, and those are the names that we've talked about. So it's going to be on the Broncos personnel people, the Broncos scouting department, to find those guys like like the Jared Cricks of last year, the, those kind of second-day, third-day of free agency guys who can come in and contribute in in a real way. Uh, the Broncos have, have certainly had a, I, I'm not going to say a tough day because the, the Leary signing is great. You're absolutely right. That's a huge addition for their line and it solidifies them on the interior there but with so many questions at tackle so many questions along the defensive line and this obvious question at quarterback I don't know where the Broncos are I don't know whether the Broncos are in a better position today than they were yesterday and that's off and that's the, the question John Elway is going to have to answer I think tomorrow when uh, Leary meets the media yeah, tomorrow, Friday, as we record this, that'll be Friday the 10th of March, the second day of free agency. Ronald Leary will meet the media. It uh, doesn't appear to be anyone else joining him at that point. There will certainly be news, one would think. But don't expect anything splashy. It doesn't sound like uh, Tony Romo is going to be uh, the – that situation is going to be resolved. And if it's going to even be resolved for Denver. And the truth of the matter is, Jake, I'm going to be completely honest with you. When you look at the situation with the Broncos line now, literally no starting tackles, I'm not sure that Tony Romo is the top priority anymore. No, I think you're right. And that's the question. That's what I said earlier. Tony Romo has been viewed by this organization as a luxury, not a necessity. At this point, tackle is an absolute necessity. But the problem is I don't know what you do about it because there's nothing left really in the free agent class. And this is a bad group in the draft. So the the, the logical step, if you're trying to get a legitimate first run tackle is to trade for somebody but John Elway we know has been extremely hesitant to give up trade capital in the past especially on I mean we've had the Joe Thomas conversation plenty of times in Denver and I'm sure it's going to come up again but that's kind of the only place you can go if you want to get a legitimate veteran option at tackle at this point there was some talk that the Browns were, were throwing his name around uh, I don't I think everything right now is up in the air for the Broncos except for uh, including the quarterback question, which is going to continue to be, I'm sure, the talk of the town tomorrow. 
Yeah, Joe Thomas, of course, may not even be available as the Cleveland Browns dumped a whole bunch of money into upgrading their offensive line, and at least on paper, it's actually now one of the best in yeah. the league. Jake yeah. Marsing is your man here at 5280 Sports Network. You can find him on Twitter at Jake D. Marsing, and he has been on top of everything. The guy basically lives down at Dove Valley. He'll be there tomorrow, so follow him on Twitter. Keep in track with everything he's writing out at 5280 Sports Network, and uh, we'll be... Keeping uh, tabs on this, Jake, and I think you, you and I, or, or you and your partner, Ryan Green, with the Broncos Blitz, you're going to have opportunities to break this down almost day-to-day because the first 48, 72, 96 hours of free agency is an absolute madhouse. And after that, the truth is you have 32 teams more or less fighting for scraps. So thank you very much for your time today. We'll make sure that we keep in touch with you as we go along and make sure you keep it right here at 5280 Sports Network so you have an opportunity to check out all these podcasts, the regular ones like the Broncos Blitz with Jake and Ryan Green, these little one-offs here and there where we're trying to break a little news and break it down with you because, hey, I'll be on air at Mile High Sports and SB Nation Radio tomorrow morning, but you don't want to wait till tomorrow morning. You want to do it now. So 5280 Sports Network, follow us at 5280 Sports Net on Twitter. We'll be with you through the whole thing as the Broncos reinvent themselves from the 2017 offseason. For Jake Marsing, I'm Sean Drotar. Thanks for listening.